Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. These shows are brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation and the Compassionate Friends. Well, we have a show that's dear to my heart, Heidi, because, you know, I love yoga. I'm a longtime practicer of yoga, and it's a wonderful process, and I know you do some yoga, too. Well, you got me into it because you've been doing it for way before it was even popular. Um, seriously. And, and I just watched you do it and I watched you stand on your head in the middle of a room and I just watched how it made you feel and, and it, you looked youthful and happy and, and it, it is phenomenal. I've only been doing it for about five years, but it's amazing. I, I love it. I think it is very life-changing. And I just watched one of our shows, Mom, with Dr. Bessel van der Kolk and Dr. Lynn Prashant talking about yoga this morning. And it's a cable show that you can look at on our site. And basically, there's research out there that shows that yoga has a better response rate for making people feel better than, than medication, basically. Yeah, it's and medication. depression medication. I remember Dr. Vanderkoek uh, quoted that research. Amazing. Yes. Well, um, we've got an expert on not only on grief and loss, because she's lost a child like we have, and you lost your brother. And but she also is a longtime practitioner of yoga. So you want to introduce our guest, Heidi? Sure, I'd love to. So today we're going to talk with Carla Albert, and Carla is a licensed counselor. She's a yoga teacher. She's a facilitator and trainer for the Miss Foundation, and she's an award-winning author. Mom, she's written two books and has a third one that she's writing right now. And we'll talk to her about her books today. Finding Your Own Way to Grief is one of them, and Yoga for Grief and Loss. And unfortunately, she is also a bereaved mom, as you are. Her son was only nine months old. His name was Theo when he died of a brain tumor in 2006. And she's going to talk to us today, like you said, about yoga and about what has helped her find uh, hope after loss. So welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here with both of you today. I'm happy to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on today. Now, tell us, were you a yoga person before Theo died? Actually, yes. I did my yoga teacher training before he died, before I was ever pregnant with him. And I've uh, said a lot of times, I'm really thankful that I had uh, my training before all of that happened because I, I know that a lot of the teachings really helped me move through the diagnosis and also his illness after that. But after he died, as, as you know, it felt, it felt just like everything fell away and even yoga wasn't helpful. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because as I looked back, I realized that even though I felt like I didn't have anything, I was practicing lots of the concepts and the teachings of yoga, even when I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. which is how the book Yoga for Grief and Loss is how that grew. And honestly, it's the book I wish I could go back in time and give myself uh, at that moment when I needed it because I didn't realize how I was still leaning on those practices, but it felt like I had nothing. Now, I have to say that um, I wish I had yoga. I did not come to yoga until a year or two after my son was killed. So... Um, that I think I think is that we're a good example because we're showing people both sides of the coin. Absolutely. Um, two, it helps you get through, but also you can pick it up, you know, later on. But some of the concepts and some of the concepts that you have in your book are natural, aren't they? Like breathing, mm -hmm. 
we keep oh absolutely yeah. well, that's interesting. I mean, a lot of people are doing yoga and don't know or what the concepts of yoga yes well a lot of people think it's so funny after i wrote the book a lot of people said oh i really want to read your book but i just can't do yoga i don't do yoga and the poses of yoga are like this much of yoga um the philosophy of yoga is immense and deep which I never knew anything about until I did my teacher training. And it truly was life changing. Um, but also the book is based around the branches of yoga and each chapter is devoted to a different branch of yoga. And Hatha yoga is the branch of yoga and also Raja yoga where the poses are a part of those branches, but Bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of devotion, Jnana yoga, which is the yoga of the, the intellectual path, they call it, but there's a lot of questioning and identity seeking those don't involve postures at all. And what most yoga practitioners do is sort of combine many of the paths and may not necessarily know that what they're doing is practicing various parts of different paths of yoga. But the word yoga is a Sanskrit word that means union. And all of the teachings of yoga are helping us to remember. And sometimes you feel like you're just torn to pieces. So sometimes I like to put a hyphen with the RE to remember who you are and bring you back together. And yoga teaches us that even when we're in pain and even when we are in grief, we're already whole. It's just that we've forgotten that. And so the practices and all of the branches help us to find a path back to that wholeness that's naturally who we are. And which of course, when you're in deep grief, you don't feel that way at all. So all the, the pathways to yoga help us to, re to remember that. And it, the book touches on, it talks about each chapter is a branch and helps us to find practices in each one that can help us no matter where we are. First thing that I would try to help people to do is to have some compassion for themselves where they are in that moment, which that's, that's, that's something that people who work with me hear me say a lot. Can you have compassion for yourself? in this moment. And, and often I'll just say, just, you know, take your hand and put it on your heart and close your eyes and just say, what is the most compassionate thing I can do for myself right now? And then can you do that thing? And self-compassion is part of yoga. Uh, but the breath is so helpful. And I remember in early grief and early grief to me, you know, it's like you just had a loss a week ago. That's clearly early grief. But sometimes that's like year one, year two, year three, you're still in early grief. But I remember sitting and I would just be sitting and suddenly just go because I had not been breathing. And it's interesting when I was writing the book, I, and I don't know a lot about acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine. So I was researched some of that. And in that system, all the organs of the body are associated with an emotion and the emotion of lungs is grief. And I, it's, you're, you're so overwhelmed energetically that I think your lungs forget to work. Mm -hmm. And so when we can help ourselves to learn how to breathe through it, that can be, your breath is the most powerful tool that you have. Also chanting, which is a form of breath work. So if you're, if you're chanting, even if you're chanting Om, or I have people who have all, all sorts of different spiritual paths and you can choose a chant from any spiritual path that you like. Carla, I was thinking yeah. about my mother-in-law um, who's no longer here, she's dead now, but, but she always, she was very, very devout Catholic, devout Catholic, and she was always doing the rosary in Latin. And yes, I realized that that is kind of a meditation. I didn't Absolutely. Before. 
Absolutely. Well, so Japa yoga is one of the branches of yoga and it is mantra yoga where you focus on a mantra and repeat that mantra. And a mantra is a repeated phrase. It doesn't have to be a Sanskrit thing. It can be Latin and Catholic. It can be in the Catholic tradition, or you can say it in English. It's just a repeated thing over and over and it becomes your focal point. And when we meditate, so meditation also is part of yoga and it's very difficult to quiet your mind, even at the best of times. And when your mind is just filled with thoughts of your beloved who has died, or this is also traumatic grief. So you may have, you know, having um, intrusive thoughts and memories and just really difficult time to calm your mind and quiet it. If you can focus on a mantra and a repeated phrase, it can help you to quiet all the background noise. And, and there, there are some wonderful mantras. I, I, the one I like is, may I be safe? Or if, if it was for your child that died, may they be safe. Absolutely. When you're worried, may they be safe. May I be peaceful and happy. May mm -hmm. I be filled with loving kindness. Absolutely. May I live easily. Or may they live easily wherever they are. So mm -hmm. you can do those kind of mantras over and over the same thing. In fact, uh, when you're really in deep stress, you can actually write them down and look at them and read them and repeat them to yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. I think it's very hard in early grief to concentrate on. You've got the monkey mind to have your So I think it helps sometimes to have something written down. Or just, a, or mom, just a, just a, like a really basic one, like let go. Yeah, that's you know, true. Something really simple at the beginning. Yeah. Like, you choose, choose something or, you know, I am loved. And often I'll say to people. Oh, I like that. Say that again. I am loved. I like I that. Am loved. I am safe. I am peaceful. And I'll tell people, breathe in and think I am and breathe out and think safe. I like that. I am loved. And it's so simple, but it helps us to focus our minds because you're right. The monkey mind, your mind is all over the place. And early on, it, early on in grief, people want to know that their family members are safe, mm -hmm. the ones who have died. I mean, a lot of people that I talk to that go to psychics, they go once and the psychic tells them their family member is okay. And that's really, that's really all they want to hear. So maybe a mantra of saying, may you be safe, may you mm -hmm. be safe, whatever. Absolutely. And you can, you choose the thing that resonates with you. Whatever your need is or whatever your longing is or, or whatever your challenge is in that moment. There's the, the thing I love about yoga is there's so many different things that you can choose. It's not just about the poses or it can be about the poses. Yeah, let's talk about the poses for a minute. What, uh, you know, people say to me, um, oh, I can't do yoga. And I say, well, lay on the floor. That's the closing pose. <laughs> that's right. Well, I was going to say anybody can do restorative yoga. That, that's right, too, because the pillows hold you up. Right. But do you know, so the word asana itself, and I talk, it's so, when, when I do teach asana, um, it's, aw it's, it's awesome because you can just relate so much of what's going on on the mat, in the poses, to what's happening in your life in grief. But the word itself, asana, means a steady, comfortable posture. And that can be sitting in a chair where you're sitting. It's about steadiness and comfort. So you're, you should never, ever be hurting yourself in yoga. And so we often feel very unsteady in grief in general. We often feel very, very uncomfortable. And so even when you're in a space of discomfort, is there a way you can adjust? Let's say you're in a yoga pose 
let's just say that we're doing, I don't know, let me, let me move my chair. Hopefully my, my head won't get cut off. <laughs> so, let's just say that we're, we're doing, um, let's say a, a warrior pose mm -hmm. and you're feeling uncomfortable. Can, is there a way you can shift your body weight or move your feet a little bit or sort of adjust your shoulders to feel a little more steady? And often, like if you just check your shoulders, just kind of you lower your shoulders just a tiny bit, or maybe you'll feel more comfortable if you bring your feet together a little more instead of being really low to the ground. It's not, the way I teach is not about perfect alignment. It's about finding this space, some spaciousness in your place where you are, whether you're sitting or standing, and the comfort and the steadiness which is what the word means. And then tr taking that and then translating that into your, your life and grief. What do you need right now in your life to feel a little steadier and a little more spacious and a little more at ease, even in the discomfort, which again comes back to that compassionate place for yourself. Because if you can say, what do I need right now? that is compassionate for myself that can help me have a little more ease and a little more steadiness and a little more spaciousness. That is yoga. You know, you don't have to be in a class to be experiencing that. And Tantra yoga, which has a lot to do with ritual and I'm a big ritual person, particularly in grief and grief's a process that really demands ritual that we need this safety of ritual every day, like the small R's of, putting on the same bracelet every day that was, that belonged to your beloved or whatever your thing is, or the bigger rituals of having a candle lit every night and saying a prayer every night, the funeral, whatever. But you don't, after the funeral, we need more ritual and Tantra yoga is all about ritual. And it's also all about nature. So being out in nature and appreciating even for a moment, the connection between us and the natural world. And that's yoga. Give us your website. Yeah, it's carlahelbert.com, K-A-R-L-A-L-B-E-R-T, carlahelbert.com. And, and how do we get your book? So my book's available on Amazon. It's available on Bar at Barnes & Noble. Um, if you're local in Richmond, it's at Chop Suey Bookstore in Carytown. Um, you can also go to any bookstore that's local for you and ask them to order it for you. It's published through Singing Dragon Publications. So um, that's an international publishing uh, agency is available in the UK and in Canada in the United States in Australia, New Zealand. Awesome. Okay. Now you do some work with the Miss Foundation. So the Miss Foundation, we are an international volunteer based organization that supports families after the death of a child. And I am a trainer and a facilitator. So I do a support group here in Richmond and our group happens the third Monday of each month. Um, also Joanne Cacciatore, the founder of the Miss Foundation and I, are doing trainings on compassionate bereavement care yoga provider and that's happening at the beginning of june so when this airs it'll have just passed but that happens every year and also every year we do our retreat for traumatically bereaved it's mostly parents who come to that retreat and it's called selah uh, s-e-l-a-h which it means to pause and it's about fully inhabited grief so turning towards your grief and being with your grief and sharing and then turning toward others and sharing with others who are in that space. And we also talk about then turning outward into the world with your grief, how we carry that into the world that happens uh, every spring. 
So, and Miss Foundation also now is working on the care farm and setting up the care farm. All the animals are rescue animals and we're working on getting the respite house built. And when that happens, likely we'll have more retreats and more workshops. And that's in Sedona, correct? That is in Sedona, Arizona, yes. Okay, Sedona, Arizona. What you can do in your local neighborhood is that you can find a yoga studio. Um, Heidi mentioned restorative yoga before. And some people do things. So when you're in grief, and often the people who are listening to your show have had trauma and grief. So anytime your child dies, it's traumatic. Uh, there's many things that make grief traumatic grief. But most of the time when people are seeking out this kind of support, they've generally been through a trauma. And a lot of people think that what you want is really gentle yoga. And that's not always true. You might want something more vigorous to kind of like get things moving to get your blood flowing and to get your heart beating a little bit. So figuring out what you need, you can go to your local yoga studio and you can find a, a class that's for gentle yoga or restorative yoga, which is very, I mean, it's just so peaceful. We were saying like when you get into a posture and the pillows, the bolsters, the, the blocks hold you up and you don't have to do anything, which is, very nice although then your mind starts going yeah so there's some training too on helping to calm the mind on a yoga nidra class which is a uh, deep relaxation so finding something that works for you and checking out how the teacher is for you because the teacher is very important as well and maybe pulling them aside letting them know that you're in deep grief mm -hmm. if you have a yoga so, teacher so look around and, book and give it yeah. to them ask them to read it Yoga is pretty popular right now, so uh, get get Carla's book because it'll give you an idea of some of the yoga uh, things. But check out your neighborhood. There's a lot of yoga around, and find something that's going to be close. So also, find a support group. You know, you need a support group. What people need when they're in this kind of place is to feel supported. And what we know from the research is that people who have good self care and who have good support have the best long term outcomes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so find a support group find and if you want to find it, get your own group of people together. And if you want to do yoga, get the book and say, okay, let's look at this <laughs> chapter today. You can email me and I will help you figure out how to do that in a small your group. Email address. Absolutely. It's Carla Helbert. Dot com. It's Carla at CarlaHelbert.com. There you go. She's offering to help you set up a group. And don't forget <laughs> the Compassionate Friends are all over the Absolutely. United States. And you can connect with them. And if you come to a chapter, you may find somebody there that's doing yoga that will get you off into a yoga group too. So I've done, I've done workshops for local Compassionate Friends groups and, and traveled up to have day-long workshops with them. And, and I do that. So you could potentially bring me to your place and we could like do that. a workshop and figure out how to help you guys out. So that's fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and for your book and for all the great work you're doing. Thank you so much, Gloria and Heidi, for having me. It's been really great. I wish we could talk all afternoon. Yes. Well, thanks everybody for watching the show. And we seriously hope that you'll find the support that we've been talking about in your neighborhood. And I'm sure Carla uh, agrees with Heidi and I when we say, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. 